Welcome to It's Your Business Leader podcast. It's your business. Lead it. You need to deliver performance to your organization now. To do this, you need to ensure process efficiency, product quality, and employee engagement. What happens when you don't have this? Underperformance. If you're tired of getting excuses and not results, if you're tired of mediocre employees talking to me in game, but not backing it up with action, you're in the right place. My name is Ron Hurst, a leader with over 30 years of real-world operational experience backed by the best of engineering and developmental psychology, and my goal is simple. I want to help you achieve the performance your business is capable of. Welcome to It's Your Business Leader Podcast. In this cast, Skippy Cast, Part 7, Fear of Losing Control. Many years ago, when I was a plant manager in a manufacturing plant, I remember walking out on the floor, and this was at a time where the economy was going south. I think it was around 2008 when order books were drying up and the economy was going into a free fall. And I, I stopped and had this moment as I looked out across this plant and looked at all the employees that reported into me indirectly. And I, I had this idea, you know, if they all worked together and figured it out, they could quit on me and I would get fired. Fear of losing control. Huh. You know, I thought about that in that moment and then I quickly realized they wouldn't do that. And there are many reasons why they wouldn't do that. And the reasons why they wouldn't do it is why there's one of the main reasons that I want you to think about this fear of losing control as a new, new supervisor. The first thing you got to get is that your fear is often misguided. And here's why. The first thing you need to know about almost every employee in an organization is they operate from a sense of habit. They, they operate in a comfort zone. They like to do what they've always done. And there's a, a motivational speaker named, and author named Dave Ramsey who once gave this example that I thought was absolutely perfect for this. I want you to think about a little baby with a diaper on and they've got number two in their diaper. Why is it that that baby with number two in its diaper doesn't always cry? And Ramsey says that although it's stinky and gross, in the end, it's warm and it's mine. I know it just kind of grosses you out, but I really want you to think about the comfort zone because sometimes we can tolerate just about anything if we slowly acclimatize ourselves to it. The comfort zone is the enemy of learning. And the reality of most employees is, and most humans is, that we operate in a habit-based reality, staying within our comfort zone. We don't go outside of it. And because of that, it's highly unlikely that someone is going to take over from you in a way that you don't expect. The next reason why my employees and any employees probably would never rise up against what I was, my leadership was that they, their entire family finances is on the line, if you think about it. And no one voluntarily says, oh, yes, hurt me. Like, nobody does that. They're, they're taking care of their family. They have responsibilities. And it takes a really serious, egregious act in order for employees to band together and take such action as to say, heck no, we won't go. So I think that's really important. They're taking care of their finances. They're, they're in their habit zone, their comfort zone. And the next reason is, is that they don't want to be singled out. You know, they don't necessarily know that all their fellow employees are feeling the same way or not. 
because most of us, we think we're alone in, in our problems. We don't bother to go talk to anyone about our problems. And as a result, we think we're the only one suffering from it. They don't want to be singled out. Hence, they tend to keep their mouth shut. So chances of them rising up and saying, we're not going to follow you anymore is very slim. The next thing is what I call structural inertia. Organizations have a number of processes and policies, and you've gone through all the trouble to figure it out, and you're, you're stuck within the context of how we've always done it. And to step out of the frame of reference of the policies, to step out of the way that we do things and processes, there's so much inertia against doing that that it's, it's actually why most people in leadership roles are really just glorified managers. They're mediocre managers that don't know how to get breakthrough results because they too are struck in, stuck in the structural inertia. Because the way we've always done it is so pervasive, so strong, so embedded in the culture that to change it requires a tremendous act of leadership and personal energy to achieve it. So structural inertia is the fourth reason why it's highly unlikely that someone's going to take control from you. The final reason is fear. Simply put, it's fear. And it's their own fear that they know something in their, their heart of hearts they can't do your job. Now, they might think they can. Some of them are going, I can do the job better than you. But in their heart of hearts, they know full well they don't want the responsibility, they don't understand the role, and they could never do it themselves. They're happy where they're at. For all these reasons, they're not trying to take control away from you. Now, you might think, oh man, this fear was about like somebody trying to take a little piece of my job, not, not get me fired. But it's the same fear. It's just on a different scale. Now, I want you to think about this idea of losing control from the other side. Let's think about control. See, control is a counterintuitive concept. When we talk about control, we need to also think about autonomy. There's a, a model of psychology called self-determination theory, and that all human beings want to gain some level of competence so that they are skilled in navigating the world around them. They want to gain some level of relatedness so that they are in good relationship with the people that they interact with on a regular basis. And then they want to have a degree of autonomy. They want to have a sense of control of their own work environment, their own life environment, their own destiny. Now, the interesting thing is, is that if you were to do some research on this, you'd find that every human being is a little bit different in their degree to which they want to grow competence, in their degree to which they want to grow relatedness, in their degree to which you, they want to grow autonomy. But we all have these three needs. The question is, how much of each? What you're going to find as a new supervisor is that some of your employees that have a high degree or a high need for autonomy are the ones that you're going to fear losing control to. That's a really important observation. But as I mentioned, the idea of control is counterintuitive. You see, in the end, we don't control anything as a supervisor. We really don't. It's kind of funny. Control is bestowed by your manager on you. So you're responsible for getting these outcomes. And we think that we have to control the process in order to get it. Well, really what we need to do is influence the behaviors to get them. So control is something your manager bestows upon you. But more importantly... Control is something that your employees trust you with. See, if your employees don't trust you, you have no control at all, even if, even if it is a false kind of construction. Now, it's a counterintuitive thing that we don't actually have control. 
it's not yours to wield. It's yours to steward. In other words, we have to be a good steward of that resource. We have to do it in such a way that it maintains the respect of the employees and the trust of our managers, the trust of our employees as well, obviously. My recommendation to you is do the counterintuitive thing, and that is to find small ways to give sense a sense of control back to individual employees. And there are easy ways to do this. Allow them to make simple decisions in their workstation. As long as it doesn't affect anyone else, as long as it doesn't cost a reasonable amount of money, it's not a big deal to give them a sense of control. You know, one of the things that I often talk about when I teach people how to lead change is that organizations often initiate major change projects. And by the time it gets to the shop floor, there's really no guidance on what the employee is supposed to do in order to make the change work. So give the employee a sense of decision-making and how that change is impacting their own work area is a great way to give them a sense of autonomy or of control. Give them small bits of control. Just put boundaries around it. So they, they don't get to control everything. They get to control this thing. And if you do that and you keep the boundaries in place and it's on small issues, usually that's enough for the vast majority of people to feel that they have a sense of autonomy. And if you do that, and you're really clear in the way you communicate, you're clear in your expectations, you're clear in boundaries, you will not have a problem with losing control because it will be very few employees that are going to try to take it from you. And that is the best way to think about it. Now, there may be employees that are out to get your job, and we can, we'll can we take that on in a different cast because that's a different fear, fear of being replaced, I suppose. So we'll take that on in a different cast, but let's just stay with this idea of losing control. So the first thing you got to get is you never had it in the first place. And what little control you're bestowed by your manager and trusted with by your employees, you should find ways to, to give back in increments, small increments, so that your employees feel a sense of autonomy. And if you do that, you will find that this fear is just, it's just a mist that can evaporate with the morning sun. Now, I'm going to leave you with one story, then we'll do our who does but by when. Because I remember there was a time many years ago when I was a quality manager and I was working in this organization. And this was during a particular project implementation that my team was indirectly affected by. So we had to get a certain report out to our customers and the business system was not cooperating. So we had to do the testing and then we had to get the report out. And what I recommended to my, my three employees in this one lab was, how about you have these two employees do the reporting and you take all the testing? Because, I mean, the reporting thing was seemed to be a big challenge. And in the end, the employee went to the other employees. They figured out who would be better at doing the testing, who would be better at doing the reporting. And they did it in the exact opposite way of what I recommended. And I remember telling the facility manager of that about that particular decision. And he's like, oh no, I would never let my employees do that. You let them get away with that. What else can they get away with? And I thought, well, that's an interesting perspective. It's a management perspective that I don't share, but I can see the wisdom in what you're saying. So I went back and talked to the employee and I, I said to them, you know what? I really appreciate the, the innovation that you demonstrated in making sure that we took care of our customers. And I need to let you know something. There's going to there most likely is going to come a time when I'm going to ask you to do something and you're going to do it. You're not going to pass it off to someone else. Are we clear on that? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. Okay, then no problem. 
You see, the point is, I allowed my employee the autonomy to make a good decision. I respected him enough that it was a good decision for all involved. And I don't want to, I don't want to steal that autonomy back because if I start stealing it back, then I'm going to lose all the sense of control eventually. And that is just a really stupid outcome. So that's it for this cast in our, who does what by when I want you to join our mentoring leaders group. If you haven't already, I want you to come on and post about a time where you felt like someone was trying to take your control and what you did about it. I'd love to have a conversation with you about that and maybe even offer some advice on how to, how to handle it differently following in a learning model. So that's it for this cast. See you next time. Now you have your action items. I'm excited to hear from you on how what you learned today works for you. Be sure to connect with me at www.developingleadersinc.com and brief us on how the action items work for you. If you need immediate support, schedule a strategy call with me and let's build a plan together on how to get you the results you need. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next episode, get out there and lead your business.